Hey everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Mike Adelic. I'm Mike Brancatelli, of course you're you, this is the show, welcome, thanks for tuning back in. I haven't been dropping as many episodes as frequently, that is because I have been dropping lots of bonus episodes and my new comedy podcast, Dosadelic, on Patreon working title, and uh, it's a completely different kind of show. It's more in the tune of this show that you're about to hear, with the one and only the ungoogleable Michelangelo, a.k.a. Void Denizen. Uh, and uh, I always have fun chatting with, with Michelangelo. And uh, these are kind of the, the kinds of podcasts that I want to put out more of. Just a fun, hang, silly, absurd, wild, uh, going on tangents, digressing, doing characters, spontaneous music, and just a lot of weirdness. Bring back the weird. Man, I was very inspired when I first read Eric Davis's uh, book, High Weirdness. Um, and if you haven't read it, go check it out. But it really kind of reinvigorated that feeling of bringing, you know, honoring the sacredness of the weird. Uh, and, uh, and we talk about that. We talk about so many things in this show. I'm pretty sure that we uh, said that we were going to name the show about seven different things. I think we made up 20 different sponsors and 17 different segments on the show. But it was a real fun, loose, a loose uh, fun, wild, casual, silly hang pod with Michelangelo. That being said, podcasts will not be released once a week. Uh, from now on, because I am putting a lot of effort into developing the comedy podcast that I'm doing with my co-host, Matt, that is on Patreon right now. So if you want to get a sneak peek of what we're developing on Patreon, get in on the ground floor, get in behind the scenes, and get in early uh, while every one that I release, I release for one week at the lowest tier, which is a dollar tier, and then it moves up to the $5 tier. Um, so go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. That's patreon.com slash Mike Brank, B-R-A-N-C. And check it out. We just recorded an episode. Uh, we were possibly inebriated, intoxicated, elevated, enlightened in a higher state of consciousness, in an altered state of reality, uh, and we recorded a podcast that way. And it was fun. It was a lot of fun for us. But the, the whole point right now with these episodes is that we are doing some wild experimentation. Uh, I uh, will talk a little bit more about shifting the direction of the show and, and why and all that kind of stuff in a different episode. Uh, but really, it's just, uh, you know, there's a lot of heaviness, there's a lot of seriousness. And I guess where I'm at in my personal stage of development, of course, that's my personal one, uh, is uh, that I ju I'm just feeling the need to be more loose, be more silly, be more absurd, and have a little bit more fun. And so the podcast that I'm creating with my co host, Matt, that's the working title Dosedelic on Patreon, is a sort of uh, container or a safe space, if you will, for uh, heightened versions of ourselves, characters of ourselves, to exist sort of solely for the sake of comedy. Uh, so saying all kinds of things, expressing ourselves in all kinds of ways, with uh, really the sole purpose of entertaining and making you guys laugh, and making ourselves laugh, really, because if we're making ourselves laugh, hopefully we'll be able to make you guys laugh. And uh, we're not really making you laugh, we're not going to force you to laugh. We hope that you will let out some involuntary, spontaneous sounds upon hearing some funny things. 
So that's what's going on. Uh, like I said, if you want to check it out, go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank, B-R-A-N-C, and you can get access right now for as little as a dollar a month. Dollar a month, that's like, what, five cents a day? Not even. I don't know. It's a, it's a small, small amount. So I do it uh, where I release it for the first week at that level, and then it goes up. Uh, and we're going to be uh, experimenting and, and creating on there for a little while, uh, but I hope to bring that show to this show and sort of uh, rebrand, if you will, uh, or just kind of take things in a little bit more of a different direction. And then more, and then you know, the podcasts that I want to release as well are also episodes like this. So hope you guys enjoy this one. Before we get into it, thanks to Sheath Underwear. Sheath Underwear is amazingly comfortable. I love Sheath Underwear. They have awesome styles. Uh, it's just awesome. If you wear underwear and you're not wearing Sheath, I mean, uh, just give them a shot. Give them a try. Got to gotta try them. Got to grab a pair. Put in the code Mikeadelic at checkout. Get 20% off. Really super comfortable underwear with the pouch technology. You don't have to wear the... Is it technology? It's not really technology, but it's an innovation. And uh, you don't have to wear the pouch if you don't want to, but they have a nice pouch in the front compartment that you could you, you could put your balls or you could put, you know, uh, an ounce of mushrooms or, you know, you could put a, a lava lamp down there. Whatever you want to put down there, you could put down there in the pouch. Uh, and, uh, you know, it separates your man parts. It's great. I really like it. It's really comfortable. They have really great patterns and fabric. And they love to listen to podcasts. They're a podcasting. Uh, team. They're enthusiastic about podcasts, and that's why they like supporting us. So if if anything, just go and check them out, and, and buying a pair of underwear from them, it's a win-win-win. You get a pair of underwear, and then you help the show here, and uh, help them as well, because they're a great company, great people. Love them very much. Very grateful to be, have, be having Sheath as a sponsor. So check out Sheath Underwear, sheathunderwear.com, promo code MikeAdelic, 20% off. Check out... Um, Mushroom Revival. Mushroom Revival has a bunch of awesome mushroom supplements and tinctures and things. So go check them out. I love the cordyceps that they make. And uh, you get 15% off. Enter the code MikeAdelic at checkout. And for everybody else, thank you so much for all your love and support supporting the show. Leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts helps tremendously, helps boost us up in the algorithms, helps people find the show and listen to the things that we're doing over here. So going to be a bit of a, a shift, a change. Like I said, there I'm not going to be sticking to a schedule of releasing podcasts anymore uh, on, on right here because I'm concentrating on building and perfecting the flow of this new comedy show that I'm doing. And on here, there'll be episodes that we'll be dropping every now and then. Um, it's certainly not going to be to a strict once-a-week schedule um, where. I felt like almost like I had some pressure sometimes to release an episode, even though I didn't want to. I felt like I've done some podcasts with people that I didn't really want to do. You know, when you have a podcast, people email you and they send you books and they want to get this person on and that person on. And sometimes I just don't feel like talking to those people. And r really right now, I don't feel like interviewing anybody. I feel like having fun. I feel like being silly. And I feel like creating something that's absurd and wacky and wild and free. And uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing. And um, like I said, I'll talk more about that. Uh, but for now, what else is there to say? Um, hope you're all doing well out there. Hope you enjoy this podcast with the ungoogleable Michelangelo. It was a fun one. Oh, and we did a video version. So through this podcast, 
you'll hear times where we're talking about, do you see this? Or we're making faces or noises or doing something. And that's all on video. And you can access that as well by going to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. Thank you very much. Appreciate all your love and support. As always, feel free to message me and get in contact with me. And uh, yeah, all the links are in the show description. You know where to find the links. You know what to do when you like things. Share, like, subscribe, tell people. And hopefully I'll see you guys on Patreon. And hopefully you will go and also check out Michelangelo's stuff because he is uh, just a really fascinating, he's a fascinating figure of our time. Uh, he's a, an artist, uh, a musician, a uh, a painter, um, you know, a wordsmith, a podcaster. He's just a fantastic human being, and I love him to pieces, and I love hanging out with him. And he makes some amazing art, so go and check him out and support him if you care to do so as well. Another side note as well, I'm also offering uh, one-on-one coaching services, and I have a link in the show notes and description. So we're calling them the Mind Jams. Uh, you know, we, we'll, we'll get to uh, dig into whatever you want to dig into. Uh, currently, right now, I'm speaking with three people. And uh, yeah, I, this was a way of me, you know, I get a lot of emails and messages and things like that and really nice things that people have said over the course of time on the podcast. And this is a way of me sort of compartmentalizing a little bit more instead of doing these long solo casts or ranting about things. Um, you know, that's, that's been sort of part of my journey, but I'm, I'm sort of channeling that into a more focused and concentrated area with group work. Uh, we'll be talking about that a little bit more, but doing some, some group things, uh, here in Colorado, also, um, some stuff online, but I'm also doing some one-on-one stuff. So if you want to chat, talk, whatever, if you're working through some, some stuff, if you want to uh, you know, just have someone to sound some things off of, uh, I would love to uh, help you because it really uh, makes me feel good to help other people. And that's sort of the main thing about life is that uh, bringing joy and bringing happiness and helping others uh, really makes me feel good. So if you're a selfish person, I always say help other people because then that's the best way to feel good about yourself. <laughs> so check that out. All the links will be in the show notes. Hope to hear from you guys. And like I said, the Dosedelic working title comedy podcast is on Patreon as well, only on Patreon right now. And the show is taking a little bit of a shift in a new direction. All right, without further ado, let's get into this awesome podcast with my good friend, friend the Ungoogleable, the Ungoogleable, the Ungoogleable, the Ungoogleable, Michelangelo, the Ungoogleable, Michelangelo. There we go. That's quite nice.
I like you've got a new setup. You're not so blank in the background. You've got like a corridor and a little loungy spot for the eyes to rest on if they get tired of looking at your face. <laughs> That's precisely right. Tell me all I, about it, man. You, uh, you dressed up today. I figure we're doing videos, so I, I figured I'd put on a little slimming little blazer you know so that i if without this i'm just you know without, with, without the slimming blazer you're morbidly obese i'm just, oh. I'm just sitting here it's just like hey what's up dude i started a podcast and uh, <laughs> you were doing a little talking and uh see my face goes like this and then when i put this on all of a sudden it's very elegant yes 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 makes all the difference in the world like all the difference. yes that blazer is quite elegant i must say it is isn't it I really yeah. like it. I, I bought it right before I left um, Los Angeles. I had a little, needed some soul skin, you know what I mean? little change of scenery comes with a little soul skin. But then now I need to lose a few pounds to really be able to go out in the world with it. So for right now, it's just, it's just you know, like nice top crop, top yeah. crop framework <laughs> yeah. right here. We're literally both wearing... Uh, shirts that no don't pay. We're just shirt cocking on the show. <laughs> That's exactly the same way that I feel about this fleece that I'm wearing. Hey, I get, I want, gained a few. You want to see my pussy? You want to see my pussy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, hilarious! Oh, so funny. Hello, kitty cat. It's a real cat for the people without the video. It's a, there's a real cat. I just tilted my frame to reveal at crotch level an actual kitty cat, an actual pussy, an actual a real pussy. pussy. I My, uh, what I saw. No, you're right. You saw what you saw. You saw what you thought. Yes. Yeah. 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 So we're both wearing things that don't fit us, but only on Zoom. The Zoom fit. The Zoom, Zoom fat fit. fit. Zoom fat fit. That's right. This is a good time to um, bring up your sponsor, Sheath Underwear. Perhaps. <laughs> is this a good time to plug them? Do you want to do a, a Sheath promo? I'll give you one percent of all sales. I don't. I just. I just figure. I just figured you, uh, you've been going hard. You've been going hard on the underwear sales, man. Well, they treat me. They treat me well. Uh, putting on a show. It's all about. It's all about cognitive liberties. But also, here's some underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know that's you can you can't have cognitive liberties without underwear. You can't get your cog <laughs> get your cognitive liberties here. Uh, get your cognitive liberties. <laughs> Put them. We got sizes small, extra small, Actually, extra. Double small. Yeah. <laughs> One size fits small. There's a lot of things that need to be changed. I think the, the my show description. I remember I had when I had Ramin on my on my show. He uh, he goes, yeah, your uh, your website. Uh, you got like a lot of spelling errors in your bio, and I was just like, oh yeah. <laughs> I should probably well, it's, fix it's that. It's great when your guests come on your show <laughs> and they turn it into a platform to critique you <laughs> and your platform. Yeah. Hey, well, it's good. great I... to be here on the show. There's something I've been meaning to tell you this whole time. Um, your banner, it's just, it needs a little something. Also, can you speak a little louder? You know, he's <laughs> like, all right, yeah. thanks, dude. Also, you, you, ever, you think about plucking your eyebrows? It's a, it's a radio show. There's no visual. Yeah, but like, it's just, it's so, I, I can hear it. I can hear your unibrow chafing, your two brows chafing against each other at the center there. I welcome all constructive criticism, feedback, you know, all of it. Anyway, I've I've been uh, I've been holding uh, Hoppe in my hand, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. 
Yeah, I'm going to do that now because I'm holding it. So Hape, for those who do not know, it's spelled the same as rape, but with a little accent on the E. That's, that's true. For without the accent, oftentimes people will be promoting Hape culture the wrong way. But that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, Maybe. keep keep flowing with that. Oh, keep going. While you while you take it up the nose, you want me to keep <laughs> Yeah, well I I'm gonna rape my nose. In the mean in the meantime, while Mike, here, while Mike here is rapping his uh, nose holes, I'll be here promoting this lovely little tea that I'm drinking, which is a mix between uh, the oolong tea Kuan Yin and a little bit of Jagulan, also known as genistima, but you know they don't call it that because it sounds like a yeast infection or something like that. Sorry that I I was hoping that the milk was gonna come right out your nose, but it's it's not it's not working. He's in the sacred space. Laughter cannot penetrate. The only thing that can penetrate the sacred space is the karipe, which is the applicator for the hape, which also can be mispronounced. So, you know, some people, they go into rape culture using a creep, but it's really hape culture with a karipe. So, you know, uh, emphasis is uh, half the battle, you know what I mean? Or the backlay or whatever, I don't know how to pronounce. We're in a war on cognitive liberties here on <laughs> Mycadelic. <laughs> Uh, Man, this show really took a turn. It used to be such a class act. It was just Mike occasionally <laughs> you know, uh, suck, sucking on a vape pen. Now he's like snorting uh, tobacco dust in the middle of the show. I'm sorry, I can't go on with the conversation. Give me a second to re-up on my ethereal earth and uptake. And uh, we'll be right back. Actually, no, we're not going to go to commercials. He's going to do it right now. Imagine if all these... That's that's what television show hosts when they cut the commercials. That's really what it is. They're just doing a line of coke, or like shooting up real quick. And we I think, think it's they like, are. Oh, this whole thing is corporately sponsored. It's just, you know, but that's really what it is. It's just covering their habits. Oh yeah, that's Jimmy awesome. Fallon is a known um, uh, coke fiend. Really? Oh yeah, he loves the blow and and he loves the booze. A uh, friend of mine, a uh, uh, friend of a friend, stand up comedian Nate Bargatze, uh, used to hang out with Jimmy Fallon all the time, and he would get boozed up just every night. I see that? I did, I, w I wasn't expecting him to be. He seems like a family. I, I maybe I made the coke part up, but but I, it's if it's we'll thaw it out in post. Hey, what's up? Everybody? I said, right, what's a little it. slander between friends of friends? Hey everybody, how's it going? All right, welcome back to the uh, Jimmy Fallon Show. Hey, oh, uh, uh, we got uh, today's guest is uh, Void Denison, the ungoogleable Michelangelo. Michelangelo, thanks for uh, coming in. Uh, we got the roots playing in my bathtub over here, socially distanced. Uh, take it away. Hey, hey. Uh, where would you like me to take it? So, uh, so, so, so you're in. Uh, you're a. Uh, you're a painter. Uh, you're a painter. You're. Uh, you're. Uh, you. Uh, you paint. So, uh, so tell me. Uh, so, how's your. Uh, your latest uh, painting going? Well, to tell you the truth, Jimmy, I haven't really been painting that much lately, but I did go for a little walk in the rain last night and had myself a little existential romance with myself, uh, trying to cross the street where the asphalt turned to the texture of snail skin glistening in what I was going to call moonlight, but really just street light, and I had to plot my way across the crosswalk to find a way that wouldn't sop up my socks and shoes, so I had to jump on the little 
um, the little islands of asphalt that stuck up from the puddles and had a little shimmy across the the sidewalk uh, ledge oh. there and thought to myself, oh, this no. reminds me of a time before social media, wow. when social media would just cock block our um, interface between ourselves and unabridged reality, you know? Oh my God, that's so great. Wow. This, uh, this show is brought to you by Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. All right, we're going to go to have a word from our sponsors. <laughs> what is Raytheon? Is that a real thing? Yeah, you don't know what Raytheon is? It's the no. n- like number two uh, weapons manufacturers. Number two, States. we make the shit weapons. Number two, we number try two to get to number one, but number one, Lockheed Martin is number one. They make us a big of missiles, the bombs. And Dude, then we I make thought a- Lockheed Martin was a bank. Why have I been giving them all my money? <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're back here now. The uh, the Cognitive Liberty Patriots Hour. We have uh, one of the true American patriots right here, the ungoogleable Michelangelo. Why is he ungoogleable? Because he hides from the DMT entities that try to extract all of our souls. Michelangelo, how are you? I'm doing quite all right. If you do you mind slowing it down a bit, Alex? I find it really hard to keep up with you if you rattle it off. It's such right, a right. We look fast like we have and gravelly rate. Terrence, Terrence. Now, finally, tell me about the uh, these DMT entities, the the elves, the clockwork elves. Well, you know, it's a, it's a funny story, Alex, because I feel that a lot of people may have misunderstood what I'm trying to divulge. Whenever other people start speaking about self-transforming machine elves, they've given it all away, you see. They're still following someone else's roadshow. The whole point of the DMT space is once you go into the emptiness, you have to come out and extract your own interpretations, unstained by preordained elfin amplitude. That's not the word. I lost it. Leave the dead rest. Leave yeah, the dead that, to rest. Leave, leave the dead to rest. That, that's that's fantastic. That's terrific. Um, we're on the Jay Leno show now. At uh, kind of a Jay Leno, sort of a Mike All Tyson. Chance. Little, it's All Mike Tyson, time. Jay Leno. Jay Leno and Mike Tyson. We both had uh, a DNA fused together. So it's uh, Jay Leno Tyson coming at you live here. Uh, Jay Leno <laughs> Tyson. He's gonna he's gonna punch him right on the chin. Punch him <laughs> right on the chin. <laughs> Man, that's the thing. Man. I, I saw a little clip um, in the uh, in the the interverse of old man Tyson just grokking a handful of mushrooms on the Logan Paul show. Now, there's so much wrong with that sentence. First of all, the Logan Paul show, or the what is it called? I don't even know what it's called. Uh, it's like impulsive. a bad pun with Paul in it. Impulsive. I mean. How does this dude still have a platform, first of all, after, like, commodifying people hanging themselves? And and and, he's, and then he's got Tyson on his show, who is, you know, even though uh, kind of a brilliant fighter and, and, and character, is also, like, a known rapist. And, you know, cancel culture just isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. Well, what if, it was, hear, what if he's not a rapist? What kid. if he's just a hopeyist? I, what if exactly- all this time... The myth interpretation 
that's a misinterpretation. I was doing rape. Everyone thought I was doing rape. All this but it, it's a misinterpretation. And also, he wasn't actually a boxer. He's just like a guy that put boxes together at a factory. I put boxes the in whole time. We've got Mike Tyson on. Yeah, but he he had like his his big frog medicine breakthrough at some point, right? Yeah, the toe, kind of the interesting toe. to see this the toe. <laughs> the toe told me it's all love. Yeah. It's all love. The toe. Yeah, yeah. Now it's it's actually I immediately came in to like condemn him with like some preconceived notion, but I really did enjoy hearing that and seeing his transformation and you know uh, great i think you know sure uh, the pauls let them have their thing but the fact that he was just taking like a handful of mushrooms on the show i just think to myself like i wouldn't want to be around mike dyson once the four grams of mushrooms hit you know what i mean i would that just seems like a lot to yeah handle. what does it do to a person like that you know like what is he like I don't know. That's, Maybe I should check space. out the rest of that show. I mean, uh, well, he's he has his own podcast. I just love that the show Hot probably Boxing. ended an hour later. Yeah, he has his own really? podcast called Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson, and it's him and his uh, co-host who is uh, it's kind Adam. Of a good title. Yeah, and, and it's 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 well done. It's black and white, and they you know smoke blunts the whole time, and it's so funny that the 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 contrast because yeah, he has he has his own cannabis company, right? Yeah, was, yeah, I got my own cannabis company. My co-host Adam Egret, and and Adam is like, yeah, hi, hello, Mike. He kind of sounds like Snuffleupagus. He has this like, yeah, that's like Mike Tyson was telling the story to exhibit on the podcast. He's like, well, I'm in this one time. I took mushrooms and I was with this prostitute, and then this thing happened, and then the and he tells this like wild story. I got a golf club and I was chasing this guy around, and then his co-host is like, yeah, well. Uh, they're also good for healing, Mike. Um, you know, the healing properties of psychedelics are really what's important to talk about now, not about, you know, beating a prostitute with a golf club. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but that shit was crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, I need to expand my podcast universe. There's only like a few things I tune into. There's just, there's too much freaking content out there these days. I find I have a really hard time. Just like my my attention is just vying for you. Yeah, exactly. It's just hard to keep it together, man. But uh, yeah, there's just, there's so much content. That's also why I, I try to put out a show a month. Oftentimes I lag right now. I'm kind of like upping the ante and trying to put out a little more, but it's just, I can't imagine somebody being able to keep up with all of it. It's just, there's just so much. And then I like download some audio book to try and keep up and then I'm reading something and then maybe I'll watch something. It's just the attention is so scattered. Everything is vying for our attention. Yeah. Well, you're an amateur, you know, what can I say? I mean, I, I keep up with all of it and I go completely insane. Every night ends with me like this. <laughs> and that's the face of success right there. <laughs> that's the face of digesting all of the day's internet information. How do you, how are your dreams? My dreams? I've I've dreams. Dream? Yeah. Do I you dream. dream? Do you dream. do you even dream, Mike? I dream. Do you remember your dreams? Dream. Yes, I do. And I write, them, write down. them down. Yeah. What kind of pen do you use? What kind of pen do you use? Do you use do you the fountain pen? Do you use Bic? You, you, you like Bic? You like the clicky Bics? What quill. kind of pen do you use? You use a quill, quill and parchment. Just dip mm -hmm. it, dip it into the inkwell on the desk. I Old poke school. my I poke my finger with a, a thimble uh, and blood. and I write it in blood. So I remember. Yes, the only way to gather your dreams properly is to write them 
in blood <laughs> on a parchment made of your own dried skin. <laughs> with a little with a little satchel of nail clippings there just for the hell of it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. A true writer, a true dreamer. Blood, the original ink. It's brought to you by Lock. <laughs> to you by blood. By bloody <laughs> underwear. <laughs> this is brought to you by bloody underwear. Yeah. I'm not going to say the. I'm not going to say your sponsor's name there because I don't want to like blend the or or slander any brand. No, that's how they. That's how Sheath gets that red for their um, mm. their most famous uh, box. Oh, Sheath is for the sword, right? Because it has a little sword holder. The only yeah. underwear with a sword holder. Tired of having your saber just dangling a willy nilly? Try <laughs> Sheath underwear. I'm flipping, I'm flopping, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a little Seinfeld throwback from before. Giddy up. From before yep. Kramer was cancelled. But I think they brought it back. Did you see, I only saw a little clip of it, uh, Michael Garfield shared it on the Twitter, that Seinfeld did a little reunion in the style of Twin Peaks The Return. Oh, no way, really? Yeah, it looked very cool. I watched a tiny little clip, but I'm a big fan of the Twin Peaks universe. and. Big fan of the Seinfeld, so I like the mash. How did they do? How did they do a Twin Peaks style return? I don't know how. I don't know how they did it, but they did it, and it is uh, it is checkable. I just realized that moment just there is going to be even more awkward if people just have audio. I, I pity the fools. I pity the fools who just have audio because they're going to miss out on so much. So they should really go to wherever this video is going to be posted. Probably your Patreon, I imagine. That's right. That's Patreon right. plug. This is just a show full of plugs. Yeah. Hair plugs, butt plugs. Right. Sponsored by underwear butt plugs. plugs. Yeah. Just generic oh. butt plugs. No brand I name. If anybody just like has. They that. do the. They do the job. I'm sure. I'm sure. There's yeah, people, because they're you know people do have a lot of weird sponsors. Um, Weird sponsors, buddy, buddy, from my heart and from my hands. Why don't people understand my intentions? This is brought to you by toilet paper. Look at that toilet paper. Ooh, that's that's a relic of the past. Did I tell you the story of the the cursed bidet at the beginning of the pandemic? Brought to you by weed. Uh, Those were green butt plugs. Yeah, so... um, when I was still living in Los Angeles before I had my great escape uh, at the end of the summer, my roommate, um, his girlfriend moved in with us and she brought with her cat and a bidet that she got to install in our toilet, in our water closet. And at first this seemed like a great idea because of the toilet paper scarcity that was at hand. And shortly thereafter, uh, my roommate got sick and had to go to the ER. And we thought, is it COVID? Is it COVID? No, it's not COVID. And it turned out it wasn't COVID. It was an abscess caused by the uh, bidet. An abscess on his ass caused by the bidet. So um, irony there. There's irony. How how does that happen? I thought bidets are supposed to be good and you know it's just that's water. That's what they right? tell you, man. That's that's what Big Bidet tells you. <laughs> Fucking Big Bidet. Big Bidet will tell you these things. Not as um, well. There's there's <laughs> there's dials. Okay, let's put it like this. There's dials, 
and you can set the strength of it, etc. So I can imagine somebody with maybe like, you know, some Star Star Trek influence or whatever is going to like, you know, just like crank it up a little bit or just like play around a little bit. And I don't, I don't know what happened exactly. I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, it's not my ass. I'm not going to, you know, speculate too much. But uh, the bidet did a bad thing. And um, in the end, uh, when I moved out of the place, I left the bidet and I got charged a removal fee for the bidet. So the bidet was cursed. Bidet, bidet was cursed. Hey, bidet, yo, bidet. Was, bidet. Bidet was cursed. Bidet, bidet, bidet was cursed. So that's all I got to say. That's so all I got to say about the bidet. Cursed bidet. Well, I do this thing, you know, where um, one thing I dislike on social media generally is when birthdays come up and you just get a wall scroll full of generic birthday wishes. So I always yeah. try to think up clever ways to wish people a happy one. And one of the things is I created a meme. Uh, I found a stock photo of this guy was basically like cozied up next to a toilet bowl and he's got like the cloud like the stupidest face but like such a happy grin and he's just like thumbs up with it and then i put on there happy bidet like happy b day yeah that's good so that's my that was for a while my prompt but then you know a couple years go by and you're wishing the same people happy birthday and you're wondering like did i already do the bidet on them so then I, i've switched it over to something else now which <laughs> i'm not going to give away right here because then you know whoever i haven't wished that birthday that way yet and it's not going to be a nice surprise anymore and they're going to be like oh that's it. it's uh, just a template that he's using on different people so uh, you know how it goes got to keep something <laughs> a secret eh? yeah yeah well I'll just how's your drawings going man you were asking me about paintings. How are your drawings going since your oh, yeah. um, psilocyber space explorations? Yeah, not not bad. Uh, I feel a little overwhelmed by Procreate because I feel like there's just so many options. There's so many things to learn and do. I don't know. Sex uh, is something that just completely co-ops the mind and it makes it hard to get anything done. I totally feel you on that, man. Yeah. Oh, the program. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You feel overwhelmed by it, really? Not overwhelmed by it, but just, uh, no, it's cool. I feel like it's really intuitive, but I just feel like, oh my God, there's so many things that I can like learn and do on here. And, uh, but I've just been kind of drawing, uh, on it and, uh, yeah, like, um, I'm making like little, little doodles or car I, what I, what I was doing when I was younger, where I stopped drawing was I would always draw, uh, like comic book characters, uh, just sort of mm -hmm. like, you know, like, a, a, or I would make up my own, but just like in a pose or in like a position. So that's kind of what I'm doing is drawing like DMT guy and like wizards and things like that. Yeah. Inspired by your experiences generally. Uh, yeah, sort just, of. Loosely, loosely. Loosely, a little bit. Yeah. Here, let me see if I can find one. Yeah, let's see one. Hey, show us your wizard. I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but it made me laugh. Show me your wizard. Show me your wizard. Oh, look at the pointy head on that one. Here, hey, one. wave your wand. Ooh, yeah, there's the, the dog head. There's newbie. Well, that's nice, dude. Yeah, you're feeling it out. Feeling it out, yep. You uh, checking out all the different brushes? Yeah, checking out all the different brushes and stuff. This is like... Here's... here's you, want, you want a quick... Um, 
philosophical art lesson. Ooh, that's nice, dude. I love that. It's a great composition. Thank you. Two wizards in the field, blasting yeah. purple beams from their scepters into a sky of teal. Um, this is something that so, I like to do, is that, like, do, do these, like, lines. Ooh, I like this texture. It's all about texture and color, my man. So I, I have this saying... Realm falls nine times an hour. No, that's not my saying. My saying is, hold on, nice sound of the tea trickle. Show us your wizard. Show us your wizard. What does it say at the bottom there? A good baby. It says big, big God baby brain boy. <laughs> I like it. That's, that's kind of Tim and Eric feeling. You could turn that into a whole bit. But so my yeah. saying is every brush has a language embedded in its bristles. And of course, these are digital bristles. Oh, look at that stony dude with a stump. Stumpy the stoner right there. <laughs> yeah. Got to hand it to him. Every, every hand it to you. Every bristle has a language. It wasn't me. It was the one-armed man, said the one-armed man to the law enforcement. Uh, yeah, every... Oh, yeah. oh, there's another one. Cool. I like how it's got the halo from your uh, ring light surrounding it. I see what you mean. That's kind of like got a Thor Viking esque quality to it. You know, I really, I sh really like shamanic Viking characters are yes. big these days. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta gotta get on that. Sponsored by shamanic Vikings. Yeah, sponsored um, by Q. Yeah, sponsored by one of the last letters of the alphabet, and uh, it's followed by Anon which means uh, soon to come. So yeah, yeah uh, that, back to my, uh, my tutorial. Every brush has a language embedded in its bristles. And what that comes down to is that if you can let the medium, whatever your medium is, whether it's a paintbrush or a digital brush or an instrument or whatever it may be, if you can allow it to do its thing and just observe the way it behaves, even language, just observe the way language behaves, then you yourself become the medium through which the tools express themselves. And it becomes more about listening than about projecting. And then what's left from that interface is a creative product that has been, shall we say, channeled, but only in the sense that it's no longer coming from a pre-thought out condition and then uh, worked out, but it's actually you become an instrument in a process and a confluence of media, you know, like there's all these different facets that are conspiring and working together to concentrate itself into a piece of novelty that's born into the world. So I highly recommend uh, or I encourage and invite you to play around with all the different brushes and see how they express themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes I we'll be like, oh, this brush... Uh, you like, let's say you know how to use a pencil, and then you have like a, a scraggly old brush, and you try to use it the same way. It's like, no, 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 just like go chaotic with it. See how the thing feels good. See how does it make a nice sound? You know, like focus on the economy of just getting rid of the paint that you put on there, and then when that's gone, put more paint and get rid of that. And by the end of it, see how that's naturally organized itself on the page or canvas or human skin if that's your game yeah i uh, completely yeah, yeah i completely agree with you human skin is my game i like to do the human skin and blood thing um mm -hmm. and no, that's right we were talking about that 
Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel like if we want to take it up a little bit, then uh, you know, some excrement uh, could be. Could that's be a little too political for me. Oh, sorry. Do you know uh, that's again that that number two weapons dealer uh, bit? You know? Oh, uh, Raytheon. Veto launchers. Yeah. Launching turns, the number two a weapons uh, supplier of the world. That's not even a, that was like an accent. That was like a world accent. It like leaned a little bit towards this, a little bit towards that. That's because I was completely channeling that from my multicultural environs. Yeah. So Did I you just send me a shop link. No, no, no. So, shop <laughs> link. What are you talking about? I thought it's. I thought it was a link to your shop. Oh no! Yeah, it's just art. It is. MikeBrang.com shop art. Yeah, but it's, it's in not in the middle shop. of the show. You're gonna try and sell me something, huh? That's how this is gonna go. I come on your show, and in the middle of it, you're gonna try and sell me something. All That's right. the new. This is a new. Se- <laughs> this is a new segment of my podcast. Is where I I send you. Uh, the show that- must go on, but can't go on until you buy something, my guest. All right? <laughs> I didn't right. know it was gonna go this way, but. Uh, Maybe persuade the guest to buy <laughs> no i sent you it's not a shop i don't know why it says shop it's probably just something wrong with the hyperlink but it's uh it's art that i've made uh not on the ipad and so mm-hmm. if you if you scroll down i know there's like a big video there but if you scroll past the video it's just all stuff but i i'm sending that because all these things that i've drawn uh usually that's that's mm-hmm. how they sort that. of come about is through that process that you're talking about especially this one called the devil goes down to paris like i i don't know how i made that i just started doing things and i when i finished i remember one of my friends was like you need to get out of my apartment what did you just draw that's fucking (laughs) that's what did you do and i'm like i don't know what my friend is the an endorsement to your success when somebody sees your art and they don't want you around anymore that means you have done your job well or, well, you've done your job. Now get out. But I always find that to be the best way to go about it. Like when I'm drawing on paper with the iPad, it's a little different. But I'll start drawing something and then even erasing something or see, like seeing something beneath the paper, maybe another drawing on the backside. And then it gives mm-hmm. me an idea to draw something. And I'm drawing something that I didn't even know that I – like I hate, I hate sitting down and going, I never do this. I'm going to draw this today. It's mm-hmm. it has to come from something. You had me at I hate sitting down, bro. Like that yeah, feeling, yeah, yeah. man. I just yeah, tired dude. of it. Yeah. I'm a stand up guy. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I, I hear you on that. I for a while, I would when I was living in San Francisco, uh, my girlfriend lived up a hill. So when I'd get off the bus, I'd go on this trek up this hill, and there was always this one little spot, which was I think outside of like an art school or workshop place or something, and there would always be these discarded canvases with children's paintings on them, and I love them. I'd pick them up, and I'm just like, ah, free canvas to paint over, but then when I paint over it, the textures and backdrop of what the child had primed would be what would kind of jumpstart my own imagination or expression, Mm -hmm. or sometimes I would even just like add to what they had done. Like I have this one piece it's these three little stamped blotches that look like little bear faces. And I just added the faces to it. So like little things like that. It's just, it's, it's fun to, um, to alter. I call those, I call it revisionary art. You know, when you take something and add to it, revise it. 
Yeah, totally. But do you do you also experience that feeling of, you know, like seeing things in the clouds, right? Of seeing course. things in the paper, seeing things with the pen strokes or the the brush strokes. You're like seeing things in there and then is that that's, how that's you, my main my main mode. It's a pareidolia, it's called. It's pareidolia. Uh, pareidolia, which means something like um with image or or what is para? Is para above? Above image? Some anyway, images from above. Images coming from above. Well, it's that that sense that um, in the random patterning and random chaos, we're going to impose meaning and find faces and find forms and shapes. And I actually have a whole philosophy around that, uh, surrounding the nature of hallucination and the the notion that nature itself is a kind of is the matter of mind because it's this elemental randomness in which the mind when projected outwards can grapple and grasp and form and shape. So it becomes this elemental communication through which the mind is made manifest. Mm. Uh, so so I've, I always use that as my guiding force. Right. Like with the shadows yeah. or the, the paint spilled on the gravel. Exactly. Yeah. That the whole idea of that was called stain spotting, which, yeah. uh, which it, there's there's actually like a whole philosophy behind it because the the notion well, it's not a notion it's a fact that everything we take in through the senses get processed through the brain and then projected back quote unquote outwards and is immediately apprehended as an objective reality when unquestioned but if you wander around the streets and you keep your eyes on the stains on the sidewalk which are basically like cloud forms at ground level you start seeing faces and forms in those. And I would carry a piece of chalk and I would outline those. And, you know, usually a chalk outline signifies where the dead have fallen, but I used it as a way to signify where the imagination arises. Because to me, the imagination is the realm of the dead. It's where your loved ones live on in your imagination and how you imagine them. And sometimes that's so vivid that you can even smell them if they were particularly pugnant in life. And um, pugnant, is that a word? Repugnant? Pug Pugnant? <clears throat> I believe the word if you're looking for If is... days was smelly. Pungent. What was my word? Pungent. That's it. Telepath. You are telepath. Yeah, if they are particularly pungent, you might be able to even, you know, find the olfactory imagination arising. But uh, it's really, it's like an interface where you take the limitation or the the uh, the obstacle of the, uh, the material world and you use it as a springboard into the meta-real world which is the world of your own unconscious speaking to you. So these, these forms that come up show you very tangibly that the world is being filtered through your brain and projected back outwards. And sometimes, like, I know cities by their stains. Like, I, when I walk around here in, in Florida, I walk around this golf course, and there are these particular... I'm doing it with trees a lot now. I'm doing it with trees. I, I used see, to be a tree right, hugger. Now I'm right. a tree fucker. I just stick it... Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I wait, wander around, and I see the same... C Siri just got activated. Hold... Wait, wait, wait. And so I keep wandering around and see this... Am I moving again? You're good. Yeah. Okay. I see the same trees that I've already mapped. Like, now I just take a photograph, put them in my iPod and I procreate with them because like I said, I used to be a tree hugging all the tree fucker. And I, I bring these forms to the forefront with very little embellishment, like most of it's already there. But now when I walk this round, I see these same elemental personalities every time. So it, again, it reminds me that it's being filtered through the brain because most people walk around 
and they don't even see the elemental forms. They see the word and the word obscures their perception from the actuality. It keeps them in a sense of lexical simulation where they see what, a tree. What word? Oh, you the mean word, a tree. They see a tree. They like see, friends, My father they, looks they at the sky. Yeah. My father looks at the sky and he sees clouds. Very generic right. form. Cloud. He just sees clouds and clouds mean it might rain or they are obscuring something. I look and I see a kind of elemental mass of hydrogen oxygenesins clinging together just barely to create this shape that's almost like this unidentified cloud cloaked vessel moving through space that interacts with my intention and my mind absorbs my mental matters and projects them back at me to show me what's on my mind. It's like a symbiotic relationship between the clouds, I believe, are our step-siblings because both of us rose from the ocean. We are both the dreams of the sea, but we are born of the ocean and the earth, and they are born of the ocean and the sky, so we move alongside each other and have this symbiotic relationship. But at some point, the clouds became villainized when we became, you know, obsessed with fire, and they rained down on our parade, and they poured out the fire, and since then, we've had weather reports saying, clouds are coming, we better stay in sun, you know, all that stuff. Anyway, mm, mm, I digress. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember you showed me one of those images. Well, I've been seeing them, the trees, and then you sent me one uh, when I when I was in Florida, actually, because I was noticing all those trees, too. And I immediately yeah. saw, I mean, I'm, I see the faces in them, you know, so and then you're just kind of embellishing it a little bit on Procreate, but not too much. I'm like a Lorax. I speak like for the trees. Lorax. Speak for yeah. the trees, yeah. So yeah, I mean, so do you, so do you think? You know, what's fascinating to me is uh, there was a guy that uh, that I was speaking to recently who said he has no visual imagination, can't see. Can't, what, is he blind? Is he blind? No, guy? no. He just he only understands things in like ways of he has no mind's eye, no visualization. I believe that it, there's like a term for it too. I forget. It's. Uh, called something. asshole he's an asshole <laughs> i think that's the proper the scientific term for it well it's not his yeah, no, I, yeah. No, I, I just i find that very hard to ima imagine <laughs> so yeah. it looks like i've got the sound it's contagious <laughs> i'm finding it hard to imagine somebody who can't imagine something that's hard to imagine <laughs> we better stop talking about this guy he's gonna make us all dull yeah no, but, but, but what does that mean like you, bad guy you can't perceive a pattern in he says that he does he he says that he doesn't he doesn't see things visually at all like if he looks at around all. he doesn't see no when he see when he looks around and he sees things in front of him he sees it and he's like oh, okay yeah i see the tree the trees in front of me but he can't like imagine like the tree and you know where how it grew to be a tree or you know the squirrels playing on the tree or you know, just imagining more to it, like in his mind, you know, a bit, whatever, you know, the ants walking, you know, oh, the tree becomes alive and it starts walking. Like, he's just like, no, it's a tree. What, what do you mean? It's, uh, it's planted right there. What do, you, what do you mean? Just imagine the tree is just its roots are coming out of the ground and becoming like tentacles. No, I, I don't see that. That's not happening. What do you exactly. mean? Exactly. Yeah. I can't. No, that's, that's a lie. Right. It sounds like, a lie. it sounds like. There might be a bit of a spectrum going on there, you know what I mean? <laughs> Taking things a little literally there, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> a little baby, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Know, man. But apparently some people have that, you know, yeah. uh, but, which is a shame. 
yeah, shame on them. But I'm sure they have some other uh, gift that uh, maybe will enhance our view of the world. There was actually a great that would documentary. Be a great... Oh, you go ahead. We both said great, so there's some greatness between us. I, I take say that the guy that can't see things in his mind's eye that has no imagination would be a great uh, villain, like a superhero <laughs> villain. I yeah. would. I can't see any imagination, so the whole world will go black. Exactly. Yeah. Make everything as is. Well, there's a great documentary that's actually about autism, and it's told from the perspective of an autistic person. It's called In My Own Language. And the first half of it is literally just footage of this person, like their finger interacting with a stream trickling from the faucet or like, these kinds of things, just interacting with inanimate objects. And it seems just like, oh, wow, this person's, you know, on one. And then the second part of it, it's the person has written out their thoughts and it's laid back in this kind of computerized voice. And they tell you in their own language how they are interacting with this world and how they are perceiving it. And that everything kind of has personality and agency in their mind, which, you know, comes down again to that, what I was saying about, allowing the different becoming a medium for the different tools it's if you give agency to your inanimates and, uh, and to your elemental surroundings it gives you an opportunity to interact with the alienated parts of yourself and it's it's kind of a fragmented move towards wholeness even though the outside world might think you're a little eccentric or a little off-center or off-color but you know that's a risk i'm willing to take yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause I was just saying like that villain that I was making up, like it kind of already is that way with, uh, you know, the, uh, I don't even know what to call it anymore. Was all these things are now like, but like buzzwords now, like the mainstream paradigm blah, culture, you know, dominant culture or whatever, you the know, it's just like controlling of, an, of a narrative. And yeah, like if you're watching the news, it's, it's never the, um, the Bill Hicks, broadcast right the young man right. on acid realized we're all mad, matters energy condensed to slow vibration yeah. it's never something like that that's going to expand it's always a contraction of consciousness uh, yeah or get of, normal of be normal perception thinking yeah i mean that's that's the, the thing i find I, I watch seth meyer's closer look a lot of times because it's, it's funny at times and it gives me like uh little packages of news in an entertaining manner but there's all there's oftentimes this like villainization of things that are eccentric. Like for instance, Trump gets attacked a lot at hominem, at hominid, at hominem, uh, just on his personality and for his homily, great homily, great excellent hummus, mortar <laughs> and pestle makes it all himself. Uh, but yeah, he I, I just find him like attacking this. Um, the, the abnormalcy of there's like this is not a normal person wouldn't do this like who wants a normal person like that's the one thing i find actually entertaining or or interesting about a character like that is that they are doing things differently like i think we need more of that rather than this like a politician should color within the lines of expectation um yeah i digress before people think i am some kind of trump supporter amidst this uh, uh second impeach mind that is happening right now uh, so uh, i'm actually a non-political entity so i'm just going to step back before I get 
<laughs> well, uh, well, no one's going to mistake you for that because we we all know deep down in your heart that you are 100 percent shaman. Not, sorry, you had 100 not done. not that. Um, but uh, but you but yeah, I th- I know yeah. It's like one of the things that that annoys me the most is when. Uh, criticism of other people is just is just this oh oh really really oh okay now you're doing he's doing that or you just went there you just went there you just oh they went there that's where they went i'm unbelievable i'm really that seems to be john oliver's main thing like john oliver's show he's like Really? Really? Is that where we're going to go? Like Mary fucking Poppins flying <laughs> through the sky? Really? Really? Is he an umbrella? An umbrella? Yeah. Or like no whatever. people take an airplane. Yeah, I just don't find yeah. that. This man like, brought do, to you by airplanes. Like, you, oh, do something, airplane. you do something weird and you do something funny. Um, yeah. And, or be, yeah. Yeah. I, I hate this, this, uh, this, this herd to normalization. Let's just say, Ooh, haha. There was, I'm saying, let's see if I can pull this up loaded right there through a little, uh, a little catchphrase search on my you have Facebook. A ca- you have a catchphrase history. program that you like, you put it in, it says, get well, to the chopper. A- <laughs> <laughs> that was brought to you by, uh, that was a nice, get to the chopper. Yeah, so, the coming. Uh, you have to. You have to go. <laughs> We're at posts. I'm gonna see if I'm gonna put in normal and put in posts, and I'm gonna put in posts by me because I wanted to see if there's. I had a critique on 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 on, on, on a critique on a meme once, um, because you know I feel like sometimes memes give us a sense of instead of contemplation, they just give us like a templative mode through which we can think and i noticed something in this one particular meme that i found kind of something or other wow this my search is it's all so slow anyway let me see segment memes that i found 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 found. (laughs) memes that i found and had an issue with um (laughs) i i love the idea of introducing new sponsors and new segments all the time because yeah. uh, yeah. some people are really good with like like Ramin is really good with creating these like you know 10 seconds of silence and then I introduced the 10 seconds of glossolalia to his platform that lives on to this day oh great um, nice and I I don't do that so sometimes I'll do but yeah, I'm not sure if this is going to come up uh, so maybe I'll have to just see if I remember how I felt about it I think it was in relation to that meme that's like no body it's like nobody oh right and then me and then it's usually somebody who says something like out of the ordinary and basically i feel like that meme demonizes again eccentricity the sense of like nobody says this and then here i come with this thing that's outside of the box and it's like oh why can't you be more normal kind of thing it's again this this um I just I just imagined that you have a normophilia. Uh, we call it normophilia. Normophilia. Yeah, normophilia. normophilia. I'm I'm imagining that you have a uh, folder on your desktop titled memes <laughs> that made me feel a certain way. <laughs> I'm storming the capital. We're gonna make to take a stand against these memes. You like put on your reading glasses, you're like, Where's that meme that got me all worked up? 
Yeah, but I yeah. know exactly what you mean. I do. It's it's uh it's just annoying. I don't know. It's it's weird. Oh, what's annoying? Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 nobody in a tea, yeah. teapot. Yeah, no, MPM. nobody. And then like, yeah, the, the sound. Oh my god, I saw an ASMR yesterday. You, you do a little tea ASMR for us, folks over here. Amazonian shamanism that is very ASMR. The way the um, the shaman primes the canvas of his song, it starts off in this almost like microscopic psychic surgery with like <laughs> that gets you to tune in so closely to this like shamanic asmr frequency that just like attunes you to the prickle of your skin to the like most subtle of sensations which also feels to me like that chalk outline around the body that then gets to be lifted almost like an astral body from the corporeal plane into this subtler finer realm where then once you're attuned to it it can you know carve its channels and then the song is actually becomes the vehicle with which that emotional and the astral body moves. So I, I like that when ASMR became a thing, I, I liked equating it to that and be like, hey, that's that's kind of like what the shaman is doing, you know, like shamans coming around with two pieces of paper. Being like, <laughs> yeah, that sounds uh, like them shamans. Yeah, you did a great uh, little piece, um, a little audio uh, auditory ex explosion. Not explosion. It was... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was a pleasant auditory experience that you released on your Patreon. Uh, I forget what you titled it. You know what I'm talking I think that's about. That's the the the. It's called the something about the mystery, something about the secrets. The secret cannot be contained, or something yes, like that. Yes, yeah. It's well, actually how do, you, how do you get to your Patreon? By the way, what Patreon? Do you take a left at Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you, oh, yeah. you go right, right so. past PayPal. Yeah, it's patreon.com slash void denizen. Void. Void denizen. Yeah, right, so we're going to see if we can get there because the other day I couldn't get – someone told me oh, that they couldn't find me. They couldn't find me. Hmm, weird. Well, yours is tricky because Mikeadelic, it has an A. It's Mike-a-delic. And I, originally I thought it was mica but then I realized that's why the pyramid is the A in the center of itself. I had to condition myself. Maybe that's the issue. But that piece is um, a short it. piece okay. that's part of a larger piece. But what I try to do is once I soundscape a little piece that can stand alone, I like to share that nowadays instead of holding on to everything. And I think there's a few pieces like that 
there's one that was called the man in the jungle which is similar it's kind of like a portrait of the shaman with the kind of soundscape around it and that one actually has some of the original audio of the shaman singing as Ika Rose worked into it near the end as well but uh, yeah I, I really love that realm there's also a cartoony element to it I've noticed in these ceremonies where for instance when somebody stands up and walks to the garden to pee or something like that the shaman will kind of or one of the shamans, if there's multiple, will take on this sort of sonic pantomime, like the shamanic charades quality, where their sound follows the movement of the person, like getting up, walking out, and then coming back. So it's like... You know, like, <laughs> like it really, like, goes a lot. Like, it marries uh, everything cool in the room shaman. to yeah. give a kind of, like, sonic reflection i think in that piece about the the secret can't be contained i described the sound of the jungle as this kind of the the secret tattling on itself or telling itself while yeah. at the same time obscuring itself and it becomes like the sound becomes a secondary silence and it becomes like a reflection of the earth in the sky and i feel like that's what they're doing with this soundscape is they're creating a sonic analog with what's going on in the room. So even when you're like eyes closed and in your own realm, you can sense, just like if you can like sense somebody looking at you when you're not looking or you can feel somebody enter the room, it has a sonic equivalent of that married to the, uh, married to the motion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and just, just you explaining that too just brought me back to being in the jungle and going through that and doing that. It's so, so wonderful. It's just like... Man, it gives me goosebumps. I mean, I didn't get goosebumps, but it would give me goosebumps if I got goosebumps. I got leopard spots. It gave <laughs> I me got leopard leprosy. spots. <laughs> yeah, my goosebumps fell off. <laughs> yeah, it's magical. It's magical. Well, you have this way of really, uh, you have a way with words. You have a way of really putting things, painting a, a picture in the mind with your words. Uh, but w what is, not but, and, what is your, what is like, you would say your the way that you really love to express yourself the most? I mean, all, I, I described it to somebody today as it's kind of like, I have a lot of holes in me, like somebody just like shot all through me and it just, I have a lot of leaks of different expressions, you know? So it's really, all of it is equal in its expression and it's really all just an ex an, an exhuming of ideas or an excavation of ideas and a uh, an expressive exploration that's a, a communication with creation itself you know like I believe that the universe is self-created I don't think that there was a creator outside of it that like bippity boppity boop that shit well you know? uh this show is actually sponsored by the creator so um, um damn it yes yeah. i told put in the code michaelic for 20 percent off creation anyway so yeah the, the, the world but that it's formed. like that it's that it's self-created that creation is creation's own creation and that by engaging creation you have a conversation with that um Actually, I kind of borrowed the terminology from uh, Lee McCloskey, who is an incredible visual philosopher, as he puts it, uh, where he said something like, 
by using the tools of creation, we get to engage the creation, not to find answers, but to engage the mystery of it. So definitely language is, of course, like the most commonplace way that you can take it anywhere. You can use it in any way, shape or form. Like you could use it at the gas station when you're paying for your gas, you know, you could use it in any kind of interaction and turn that into kind of like a, a poetic moment or a moment of directing attention. But then also, you know, like the, the visual side of things is that's another dimension of the expression in a way or the musical side of it. And I feel like the way it all, like when I do my intros for the podcast, I bring in the musical element because I feel like the words alone, there's that dimension missing. So I always try to compensate in the same way that, that, for instance, like tinnitus or tinnitus, some people call it, when you have a ringing in the ear, that's really, there's a hearing loss taking place and the brain compensates for that by, it's like, oh, hey, there's a silence there. Let me just fill that in with like, <laughs> that'll do it. Here you go, human. I took care of you. And people are just like, ah, fuck. <laughs> um, so I try to do that. You know, I'm like, oh, people can't just listen to me talking. It has to have like a whole other world or dimension in there. Well, yeah, but um, you don't say, but you're not doing it because of that. You're doing it because that's what you feel, right? Like you're like, yeah, all right, absolutely. for the intro. I was, like, I was just, I was just downplaying myself the first second. Yeah, there, don't but downplay yeah, no, yourself. Yeah, because you, the one like what we did for my show and you made that intro that you made was awesome. And I guess you were feeling a specific, you, you had an idea and you're like, all right, I want to do this. Do you ever get an idea and then there's something that you want to do, but you don't know how to do it. And then you have to figure out how to do it. Well, that's what it always is. It's like always in that, that case. Yeah. I never know. Like, I never know where I'm going. Like, like for instance, the episode before yours was when I had my sister on and I had bought this little uh, drum machine that I'd never really used it or don't know really how to use it. So I was like, Oh, I guess I'm going to implement it in this episode. I'm going to fuck around and see how that works and figure it out. You know, like I know how to listen and I know what feels right. So I just have to direct myself. And when something feels off, like sometimes I listen to it so many times and you notice what stands out if you're really paying attention and then you just have to adjust that. So I learned how to use that in that one. And then in your episode, because when we were talking, we kind of went through this territory of your 11 gram experience and this like the realm of the trickster, the like self-transmogrifying inner world. And then I was relating that to my experiences with what I call the metronome metropolis. And that's like, for instance, that was a visionary experience that I've never been able to really give a place. And so I was like, well, why don't I make that intro an illustration of the metronome metropolis and of this self-transforming space. And I had some sense of what that would sound like, like in the episode, I even talk about these different beings that would lord over different, let's say buildings in this city. And they would have like a little sonic loop of and another one would have this like, yeah. And so I just started playing around with, you know, some synth sounds, which is another thing. Like I don't play keyboards or synths. I just have this little chart with some chords. And I was like, well, let's see how this chord sounds. Oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> and then what does that sound like? And when it sounds good, I'll build with it, you know? And then yes. I was like, well, let's see how the little drum machine, how I can work with that to create this thing. And what I created is not necessarily how I experienced the original thing, but it gives a sense of that. And after a couple of listens, I was like, this is cool because it's feeding back to me uh, an immersive 
space that people can step into. And then also because I also, I put our conversation, the video of it on my Patreon. So some people heard the conversation before the intro and the intro is in a sense also an outro because it's, it's the portrait, you know, it's the, the summary of the space we've explored. So it's cool that now people can listen to the conversation beforehand. And then when it comes into the public sphere, they can listen to it again, but with this summation. So it gives it a kind of more Uraburan. It's not as Uraboring and it's a little more, <laughs> Ura, you know, I don't know where I was going with yeah. it. But no, that's good. That's perfect. I got but it's it, yeah. always, it's always a figuring it out. Like I've, you, I've learned you, to trust myself your, and my channel. You've given yourself the, the, you've given yourself uh, the tools and you've surrounded yourself with, and you have the trust. That's the number one thing, the right? Trust you, is the big thing. Yeah. 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 Go into that. Cause you were, I didn't mean to step all over you, but I was just wanted to point that out that you, it seems like you get all the tools that you would want to have in your environment. And if you don't have the tools, then you will get them somehow or you'll, you know, figure something out. Anything, and anything can do the trick. Together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I always, you I always yourself. work with what's, with what's around and it's the trust thing is huge. And it's really, it's giving yourself permission to fail. Um, you know, if that's, if you have like this goal of like, that there's a goal or that you're doing it for something or you're trying to like impress something or someone with something, you have to allow yourself to fail and allow yourself to play and to figure things, literally figure it out to like take what's there and, and find a way to bring it outside of yourself. And it's really just like, it's trial and error. And it, a lot of it is also giving yourself permission to do it and put it out there before it's, before it's like, for instance, like I'm not a guitar player. Like when I had my bands before, I would oftentimes vocalize what I would want to hear. And then my musicians would find it on their instruments. And that's how I would compose these different parts and put them together and create these orchestral compositions without knowing how to play the instruments. And then like a year ago, I started teaching myself the guitar and I immediately started implementing that into these intros. It's like, okay, I know two chords. I've got pretty good feel for like the finger picking. I can create a mood with very little, which is funny because my first band, for instance, my guitarist is Israeli guitarist wizard. Uh, you know, he came from like the school of Pink Floyd and, and, and Jimmy Page, uh, closest thing to a David Gilmore that you'll find. Benny Langfer, amazing musician. If you check out his, his new band is called the uh, Rabbit Hole Orchestra. If anybody wants to check that out, really cool stuff. Uh, and you know, his stuff is very like intricate. Like he, he's like, like a Mozart, just like a lot of notes, a lot of chords, a lot of changes, but I'm going back to this place where even if I know one or two chords, I can create a mood with that. And that's all you need is to be able to, to like amplify or exemplify the words and give them an extra dimension. And then you just have to have the sensitivity to feel that out. So I started immediately implementing that. And then the growth hopefully shows from episode to episode too, like the confidence that comes with it and trying out something new and, you know, like, sure, let's try out this synth that I don't really know how to go around with also again, with like one or two chords, what that can bring or this drum machine or like use my voice a certain way. And, try a different effect on it. And it's really just, it's play and exploration and figuring it out. And yeah. Um, and yeah. have you done that with a visual component to it as well? Um, for the, for the podcast? It just or in general, create, in, in general, like creating a visual audio spoken word. I mean, full. I mean, 
to some degree. I mean, the films that I've made or the music videos and things like that, those are all like largely storyboarded out and plotted out. And then there's also like an element of the unknown in that, like really just like preparation. Is it, I think Dennis Hopper used to say, it's really uh, creation is 10% preparation and 90% improvisation. So it's really like you can, it's just like a psychedelic experience. You can prepare yourself as much as you can, and then you step into the unknown. And beyond that, you have to trust and keep your intentions straight and try to steer with that. So like what we were talking about earlier about pareidolia, my philosophy is that of void and imagination, which is to say the emptiness or the unspeakable, and then the imposition of an order onto that, or what I call the aleatoric organization, the chance-based oh, organization. Oh, that's sponsor the, your show, yeah. The, exactly. The, the, well, it's not a sponsor. It's a trick, because I always say this show is made possible by the aleatoric organization, oh, which right. it's not an organization, but it's the way that the algorithm of randomness organizes <laughs> the world. And then in association with the divined design, which is our imposition of meaning or magnetization of meaning from that. So I believe that the world is random and chaotic and that we have some preconceived notions or some expectations and intentions that we impose upon that. And from the dance of the random and the improvisational and the free association and our imposed order of you know, co-creation really, we become the curator, the great curator, rather than the great creator. We get to curate our, through attention and patterning of perception how that dance goes about. So I forget yeah, it, what I was talking about, but that's uh, that's uh, what that's, you were. Uh, that's my philosophy, and uh, that's what brings my show. Uh, so <laughs> there we go. Yeah, <laughs> that, that'd be great. If you, everything that you've ever said, you immediately forget what you said, and you're just well. It happens sometimes because yourself. Because yeah. the 10 percent of preparation is also like a lot of times I'm quoting myself or things that I've kind of programmed, and when I find myself getting into that space where I'm basically reciting my own script, sometimes I forget what it was in relation to. You know what do I mean? Do Do you have a tea spout nearby? Like I thought you just no, check it out like this to go. Check yeah, like it out. This is my, my little. It's my little teapot short and nice. stout, I like that. and it's That's got a cup, nice. and it's really nice. And That's you just really, put really some nice. water in it, and you go like that, and bring it. Make a little music with the tea. See, like you can—that's a stupid example, but you can use anything. Like last night when I went on my little rain walk that I, I talked about briefly. Actually, can we just call this episode like Rain Man because we talk about autism and walking in the rain? Sure. Um, <laughs> brain man rain spotting stain man stain um <laughs> I, I i went on this walk and then about a quarter three quarters of the way on this walk i heard this drain ah drain another one rain drain brain stain the drain there's this manhole cover is that was called manhole yeah. cover that doesn't sound sure. right butt plug that, there's a butt, that's giant butt that, plug yeah why do they <laughs> call led to the that? manhole cover that's the sheath underwear, manhole covers. <laughs> that <would laughs> That's right. 20% uh, off, Mikeadelic. <laughs> 20% off the holes, a little more exposure. Um, there was this this rusty old, rusty old manhole, right? Covering the sewage system. And the rain was being drained into it. And it rang and sang like a synth, man. I recorded like two minutes of it. And it really felt like it was like... 
Like it was a single tone, but I recorded it because I was like, you can harmonize with that. You can pitch shift it. It's a soundscape. Yeah. And I start, the more I'm making soundscapes, the more I recognize this. And that's, I think also the magic of the world is if you really attune, that's what be here now really is. It's, can you find moments of magic in the mundane? Like, what is that sound in the distance? Holy shit. It's the wind playing a fence post like a pan flute. Have you ever heard that? Where these fen posts and then the wind blows over it and you just hear it. Go, That's not what it sounds like. That sounded like monkeys. I shouldn't have tried to make an impression of it. But <laughs> it's a beautiful thing if you can experience it in the wild. <laughs> well, I know I know what you mean. Um, and the other day I was uh, I saw a YouTube video of how they made the sound effect for blasters in Star Wars. And there's a guy with a mm. wrench on one of those like high, highly twined electric cables, you know, those big high power, high voltage type cables. Oh. And he takes the wrench, yeah, and he takes the wrench and he just bangs it on the cable and it goes, doom, doom, yes. doom, doom, And that's how they got the blaster you. sound. Yeah. That's awesome. I remember being at the Okeechobee Indian Reservation here in South Florida in the early 2000s. Uh, and I'd taken some mushrooms with my girlfriend. And there was a moment in there where, like once I'd kind of moved through the, the challenging portal through the chrysanthemum, there was just this awareness of this strange, again, strange communication radiating from the soil. Like everything was just like sun blasted and like, full heavy metal expression of flowers just like fanning up from the ground like flames and all around was this insect kingdom of you know like dragonflies and little bugs and they were all making these little star wars zapping noise and it seemed like this miniaturized sci-fi world and i at some point was fascinated by this beautiful metaphor in motion of a dead green machine this little grasshopper that had been squashed at the thorax and there were these streams of ants just trafficking towards it so that it, uh, first thing that came to mind is all life streams towards death right but what they were doing is they were picking it apart it was like they were disassembling and reverse engineering this thing. And I was like, they're taking it to the, to the ant shop, to the chop shop, and they're putting it back together. And I bet all these little Star Wars insects flying around here are actually manned by ants. Wow. So cool. Manned but it's by not ants. True. And then I remember telling somebody about that, and they had the best retort, the best question. They said, What about you? Are you manned by ants? <laughs> no comments i was just gonna say uh manned by ants they don't have manholes they have man ants that's right if you don't have man hand, man hands manholes <laughs> the ants will find a way in they'll find a way they'll find a way to make do you know hole. do you know who peter serafinovitz is nope english comedian he actually you probably know him because nowadays he plays the tick in the like reboot of the tick and like you're a tick guy i'm no, not really no. a tick guy but i know he's in it he I'm had a show guy. on yeah exactly uh, that's the cricket i was in, that's the ticket um <laughs> sorry sorry i'm gonna repent for got, a moment we got grasshopper pots so, here grasshopper <laughs> pots what are we doing <laughs> 
$24.95 for a wing. We Chop had Dennis up, Hopper, Grasshopper. Like, it's all Grasshopper, Rain Man, Drain Man, Manhole, Manhance, Manhance. <laughs> please, please just create a really long string of words for the title. Everything for the subtitle the that continues it. Yeah. But uh, Peter Saravinovitz had a show called Look Around You which was in the style of these like 1970s educational programs on the BBC. And it's hysterical. There's one episode about maths. Look around you. A lot of people don't know, but maths is actually an acronym that stands for Mathematical Anti-Teleharsic Harfatum Septonym. Like things like, like completely ridiculous, nonsensical things. The only reason I thought of him, and I should say this because otherwise people are like, why is this guy on about that? Like I haven't been just fully free associating. We flip flopping around. I'm loving it. But he has a bit about ants. And then he says something like, he's like, thanks, ants. Fans. Just a little thing like that. That's fans. I just want to bring that out there. Fans. Stupid, I'm... indulgent. What's his name? Peter what? Serafinovich. Just write down. Serafinovich. Yeah, I'll write it down. Yeah. S.E. Arafinovich. Right. There's a C E Z somewhere in yeah. uh, a David Attenborough kind of guy who's like, here we are. No, he, in he the actually is a of ants. Like he actually does a great, a great bunch of impressions of um, you know Al Pacino and a whole bunch of other people. He's a very gifted comic. He actually did a series on YouTube uh, in the beginning of the Trump presidency where he had a series that was sassy trump where basically he would take footage of trump and he would re-record it all but like with sassy voice but the exact yeah. same dialogue and he had another one where it's like old <laughs> documentary style where it's like now he's speaking like this but he's still saying uh, mexicans are rapists and like this kind of thing just the, the change of the voice just like changed the whole yeah feel of it i don't know if he kept up with that but brilliant guy uh, i think he would really appreciate him yeah that's that's the key it's all about the feel of it right yeah. Like I mean that yeah that's the difference between good art and bad art is is the focus on cultivating mood or is the focus on the technique yeah like maybe that's not what, entirely is, true but this is what I don't get I don't get like this look that's art you know like is you it? know like the the people that are like you like how much the, you want the, for that can you just stab with a pen? The banana, I wanted to stab it through, but it didn't work. The the you know, the banana with the duct tape on the wall, and then it's like art. I, I actually just was talking right before, like an hour before we got on this call, I had a call with a Dutch um like art agent lady as like a consultation that my sister gifted Dutch to me. Art agent lady. And she took because I brought that up, the um banana taped to the wall at art basil oh, last year oh wow, wow yeah and she told me that she used to represent that guy in the night in like 1990s in milan and that people were just like didn't care for him at all and then that thing happened but she was like well what he's doing it's not so much about like soul excavation or about like a soulful art it's really more about a statement and a satire and an ironic look at the art world and the mechanism that runs that machine you know yeah, so I, I think just, that's that's yeah that's a different thing. But for me, like like a good film, I can very quickly tell if it's good or not. Obviously, based on like the technical yeah, proficiency same. of the editing and things, but it has everything to do with the mood. Like a good director cultivates a particular mood, and it's not about it's not about anything else. Like if you can get away with like like Blade Runner is a great example of that. 
Blade Runner is like all mood, mood piece, man. Yeah. It's a yeah. mood piece. Right, exactly. Yeah. And some people don't have that. It's just like somebody that doesn't have the visual imagination and they only see things in this kind of um, heady, disconnected, dissociative. I'm not trying to like badmouth your friend here. I'm just free associating off of no, the kind bad of mouth them. mindset. Yeah. yeah. This, this son podcast of a bitch is, is sponsored by <laughs> badmouthing your friends. This son of a bitch is just cut off from his body and from his emotional resonance and is just completely dissociating into this lexical intellectual realm where I can't see the world as it is anymore and the potential of what it could be and the mood, the emotion, the feeling it's gone. I tell you, it's drained away. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your friend. I hope he finds his way. New segment. This is a new segment on the show. We will badmouth your friend, or we will feel bad for your friend. We will badmouth your friend and then repent. And yeah. then repent for your friend. Send us twenty four ninety nine to. And we will repent for your friend. We will first. We will completely run him through the ringer, and then afterwards we will completely hail Marys. We do our fathers. We put Full coins in the wishing well. Once blind, now can see. Oh, was it? <laughs> Wait, what was that? I was once blind, but now I can see. <laughs> was that? That was in Schwarzenegger's recent I, I address to the nation, right? He's like, when I grew up in Austria, I saw a lot of Nazis. But now I'm blind, now I can't see. But then they stormed the capital, and they said, we don't have to get in. We want to get in, and they said, "No, you, you can't." I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't I'm gonna leave the sweats and All right, so let's that. rewind that and go back to. Uh, I'm gonna leave the sweats and to you. Okay, so you were saying you don't want to badmouth my friend, but. Oh yeah, no. Just um, <laughs> we're talking about being cut, being cut off from. Yeah, ah, yeah. So yeah, the whole thing was that it was about mood and emotion and not having the, um, not being yeah, tapped yeah, into uh, the feel of it. It's all about the. Feel, feel it's all about the feel of it. It's all about the feel of it. That's yeah, what it's got to evoke a feeling. That's right. right. Yeah, mood. that's why I don't. Same I, with it's, music. It's mood based. Mood, mood. Everything is mood, mood. based. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I failed at times. We all fail at times. That's why we, you know, when we promote ourselves, we try to put our best foot forward. Our mood foot. Our moodiest crystal slipper goes <laughs> forward. Well, I, well, do you, yeah. you when you promote stuff or you, or you put stuff out there on social media or, you know, share things, are you do like that? That's what I do. I do it based on like, I feel like doing this right now. Yeah. I, 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 I can't, <laughs> yeah, I can't really be like, Oh, this has to go out or this. I don't know. It's it, sometimes every, everything uh, is a feeling for me. Yeah. Sometimes I do like, like, let's say I'm, I'm in a really like, productive mode and i'm just like cranking out a series of something like for instance for a little while there near the end of my stay in la i was going through some pretty deep dark introspective excavations and what was coming out were these um what do they call them like something something sigil selfies mm -hmm. which were you know i had just shaved the sides of my head so i just had like this kind of like 
self-esteem punk faux hawk going for me. And I was just like doing these like uh, kind of self-portraits, some of them with a mirror, some of them without, just kind of like an estimation of what it looked like. And then I was surrounding them with words and sigils in order to kind of create a portrait of self-reflection and self-deprecation and and all this stuff and i was creating like one a day a couple of day and i had to pace myself i was like okay i'm going this this day i'm going to do one i'm going to do the next one i try not to flood the feed because i i do understand that much that you want to keep people hungry you want to keep especially when it's a series there's an expectation that comes and the really like again pacing it's just like mood i mean it's all kind of like a sensual thing right it's like engaging things from a seductive perspective like teasing it giving it a little bit not just coming out there and be like check it all out <laughs> you know slapping it on the table and being like check it out i'm flipping i'm flopping i'm loving it third time i brought that in. i'm gonna see if i can bring it in for a fourth time did you just watch that recently <laughs> nope that's just oh, okay. that's one you can't unsee the only thing between <laughs> him and us is a thin layer of gabardine is that from that episode? That's from that episode, yeah. Really? Jerry's like, you can- do you know what this means, Elaine? She's like, what? He's like, that means the only thing between <laughs> him and us is a thin layer of gabardine. Is I had gabardine no idea what- a fabric or a brand? I have no idea. Still to this day, I have no idea. Look it up there's, there's always been like Seinfeld things. Because I, I started watching Seinfeld when I was like 13. And I didn't fully get it all. But I still, you know. And- there's still things to this day that, that they've said in the show. Like uh, he's like, I like Prell, the hard stuff, or, you know, what do you, you jump out of the car? What are you Mannix? Like, I, I don't, is it lupus? I, I mean, lupus, I bring I, up a I, lot because know, of COVID. Yeah. COVID? Yeah. Is it COVID? Yeah. Here, I found it. Gabardine. Gabardine, a smooth, durable twill woven cloth, typically of worsted or cotton worsted. Now I got to look up worsted. And then here, British, a raincoat made of gabardine. But Historical, it's funnier, it's a loose, funny. long upper garment worn particularly by Jewish men. All right, can ah, we change the title? Can we change the title of this to The Gift of Gabardine? <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> a gift of gabardine. Because <laughs> it's a raincoat. And I'm talking about rockets. So the rain and the brain, because the brain and the stain. The, and the... When we were living in the East Village, they had the gabardine raincoats. He had to put them on. Mike, Mike, Mike you can't do Jewish Schumer because it's that's I'm it's deprecating and it can only. Oh, by all means, go ahead. <laughs> Look at my 23 in me. So, so check it out. Actually, I'm only six uh, percent uh, circumcised. Six percent hits. You see that? Wow. The only, that's yeah. quite. That's quite six, a quite sign. I, I said you leave that 94 percent on there. So that's what uh, Dennis uh, Grasshopper once said. He said, "It's you know, it's uh, it's it's about." Uh, uh, tw- it's a, it's about six percent preparation, and the rest of it is foreskin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he said. The why are you so good at acting? They they only they only took six percent of my foreskin. So yeah, she had enough to get into the market, you know, <laughs> to appeal to the to the industry and still appeal to the mass. I love Dennis Hopper, by the way. Can we just Dennis take a Hopper's moment? amazing? Yeah, of He's course, the best. He's a great. Yeah. Blue Velvet. Filmmaker, he's an art collector too. He directed, he wrote. He was part of that 
great triad or quartet of Nicholson, Hopper, Fonda, and Dern. If you want to throw Dern in there, too. Oh, Dern. yeah, Bruce I Dern. Yeah. I've been trying to do a Bruce Dern, but it's basically just uh, based off Jim Carrey's Bruce Dern impression. Probably not very good. It's just mostly mm. just this thing of the thing. It's right? just the face, yeah. You There's really that the scene in, in the, the Trip, which is a movie written by Jack Nicholson starring Hopper, Dern, and... Um, the Trip? Fonda. Fonda. Oh, it's so good, man. No, I never saw James, it. Uh, Peter Fonda goes on his first ever LSD trip, and he gets the stuff from Dennis Hopper, and Bruce Dern is the trip sitter. And then there's the scene where he kind of freaks out, and, and Dern comes up and he goes, what's the matter? What's the matter? And he goes, the living room. The living room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a great I love that movie. Oh, all right. um, I got to see yeah. it. The trip. Worth checking yeah. Out, yeah. I have a, I have a thought. I like going back to popping. old movies. Yeah. I like, I have a thought that's popping back from, uh, we went, we just took like 75 different, uh, speedway directions, but sure the Gabardine sure Gabardine is funnier. It's a funnier word than it had. He said, cause I was thinking in my mind, why would they say that? Why would they choose that? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. We didn't know what that was. But it's a funnier word than cotton, you know. The only thing between him and yeah. us is a thin layer of cotton. It's like no gabardine. The specificity is where the comedy yes. really concretizes and or cottonizes. And also, we learned something. Yes, this is At this the is the, the, the greatest advice for anybody that wants to uh, expand their consciousness is to, if you don't know a word, look it up because it literally. This is the thing that I keep bringing up nowadays is that mind is made of media, by which I mean to say that consciousness is a kind of symbol-mediated interface in any language, any medium, like words, visual, media, music, whatever it is that can impose a pattern upon the world and then grasp and relay that is the fabric of consciousness and when you learn the meaning of a new word your mind literally expands its perceptive and communicative modalities so yes. if you don't know what for instance modalities means or communicative or or um, consciousness you know uh, look it up and there's rabbit holes uh, you can go through you can go through rabbit holes and stuff sometimes you scatter many rabbits sometimes you get away you know? I was just contemplating ending the show right there. You're just like you, like <laughs> smattering off, like <laughs> just me, meandering, meandering off, and just yeah, just just keep meandering on tangents. Just meander on tangents, and then slowly fade away. And that's the show for us today. Uh, as the guest is slowly draining his mind. <laughs> For another, uh, 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 we're back in here. Uh, 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 is that should we end it? 
No, no, it's up to you, man. I mean, I'm, I got nowhere. I got nowhere to be. <laughs> but it is getting hot, so I am going. I'm going into slob mode from here on with the taking the jacket off. This is like yeah. the green room, the after party, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This Walk is. Let's let let's do that. Maybe we'll do a, this as the bonus segment or something. But cool, yeah. Isn't the, it all uh, bonus? I mean, I mean, the video is all bonus, I guess. But yeah. Am I well, your I mean, first recurring guest on uh, Mikeadelic, or have there been other? Um, no, I've had recurring personas. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm there was a guy. Special. I had a guy Ed who was a recurring guest, but uh, I had to kill a guy him. Ed. Hey, the guy yeah. Ed's back. <laughs> Ed, Ed Gein. No, the, there was a guy he turned named his Ed. mother into a table. Yeah, there was a guy named Ed who ro- ran a podcast called Psychedelic Milk, and he he was based mm. out of Hong Kong. Mm. And he uh, just decided to stop doing the show and kind of being more of a meme person. And uh, hmm. I mean, he's cool. I, I should I should catch up with him actually now that I think about it. But yeah, but I've had other people, other people recurring. I actually just recorded with Matt from uh, Matt Matt Zian. Yeah, I, I recorded with. Well, I recorded with him. Like I was on on his show. That should be coming out at some point we had a good conversation too if i recall correctly it's hard to tell sometimes man you um, better recall correctly yeah well it's such a it's such a qualitative judgment that sometimes i'm in a conversation and i really enjoy it and then i listen back to it and i'm just like i i just cringe at hearing my own voice or at how i've articulated things or at how i'm trying to appeal to an audience or like trying to be funny or i just i just see through my bullshit you know what i mean i see through my charade and my my um i do my, know my hunger for validation and sometimes also it's like percent, yes you know like sometimes it feels like i had this really uh engaging conversation where everything felt like wow we really covered a lot of terrain and then like a month later i finally get around to listening back to it and i'm just like oh fuck that's why didn't i shut the fuck up right there and just listen to what the person had to say like oh like it could have gone that direction but i had to like bombard with my this and that you know so probably this episode was very add i already know that i did not try to uh uh, steer it too much there's moments when it opens up i think it's also like especially using this as a case study like we went into it very playful and rambunctious just to yeah, stir really things did, up yeah. and then at times it settles into a vibe and then it kind of like spins back out you know like um so it's it's nice to see to see kind of like that switch up, like I just had some episode, I recorded one with Ramin, which I think is very much in this style, like very ADD and kind of all over the place. And then I did one with Anthony Peake, the cheating the ferryman guy. And that one I think is probably very like honed in and like much more serious, still with its own sense of charm. But, um, and I'm always like, yeah. I'm worried. I'm worried. I worry all the time, Mike. I just worry. <laughs> and I worry that somebody's going to come in on an episode and think that it's always going to be like that. I'm like, this intro has to be the best one yet. Because what if this is the first one they hear? And they're like, ah, I don't know if this is for me. Like, and then they don't want to see yeah, the next one or they hear another one. And they're like, you know what I mean? That's like, really interesting. I've never really thought about that before. Uh, but I, but I, but I know what you're, I know exactly what you're talking about because I experienced that too. I just I just released uh, I've been doing these like dosadelic 
shows that I'm calling them and it's on my Patreon and it's just basically what it is. It's just a, it's just me having an out more of an outlet for, for comedy and just doing like an hour long or hour and a half show with a friend of mine who's the co-host producer and we're doing it live. Like we have a little like studio space in Denver that we just got. So I'm like looking forward to putting together this thing and it feels really good. So I've been putting it on Patreon uh, because I'm still like testing it out, you know, I'm like testing mm-hmm. it out for my patrons and seeing like, okay, like, cause if I take this to, if the next episode is this episode that I just put out on Patreon, people are going to be like, what the fuck? Like, where did this go? Like this just went into a totally different direction. Well, I think Patreon is good for that in the sense that it gives us a platform to plug people into more like the process than the product. You know what I mean? Like it's more like you can get experimental. You can try things out because you know these are people that have signed up because they already like what you do. They want more of it, so you're going to show them a little more skin. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've already got more skin in the game, so you're going to show them a little more something, and then they can hopefully they'll give you feedback on it. It's a great community of people that can be there because you 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 want to have support from your like artist and creator friends, right? Like your peers. Right. People being like, you know, you, you, that's a level of support that that feels good, and then your core fans, they love and support what you do. That feels really good, but you don't want them to be the yes men either. You want them to be the people yeah, that tell no, you like I, it is. I want pushback, man, and like I'm yeah. somebody that I like to give pushback or feedback, even sometimes when it's unsolicited, and I have to stop myself. Sometimes I realize if it's I unsolicited. It, by the way, yeah, good. Um, you're a total piece of shit, Mike. Uh, is the, is, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're great. You're great. Um, you know, I, 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 I sometimes I'll find myself because this is another reason why I think a show like this is so ADD and, and hyperactive is because of the isolation element that Sponsored just like talking to you, yeah. <laughs> just knowing that I can kind of like let these different facets of myself run free after they've been cooped up for God knows how long, just, you know, in the limited social sphere that I'm in. So it creates more of like tension release and I'm sure it's entertaining for people, but it's also like scatterbrained and insane. And, uh, but it's good vibes. Um, scattered there was a point there was insane, a point down the drain drain in the stain, membrane stained art in the membrane art part pierre Maynard. all right yeah maynard canes um but yeah there was a point to that uh oh yeah so sometimes i find that too where i'll s- i like to impulsively comment on things i see online like posts and things like that because it's just it's I like another to impulsively uh, comment yeah. Oh, Logan. It's another avenue of expression. You know, it's like, okay, here somebody posted something, a meme, something they've made, a piece of art. I can comment on it in yeah. whatever way. Tear them down. Give it my flair. No, no, no. I, I, I don't tear anybody down, but it's memes like that make me sometimes angry. Sometimes I'll have like a, a comedic or a witty response and I'll start typing it out. And then this little thing shows up and it's like, why are you doing this? Like what? You don't need to say anything. Just, just, yeah. like, you don't even need to do this, you know? Happens so I've tried to be more selective because it's, again, it's like, it's a sense of, of loneliness and a sense of searching for validation and a platform of expression in a time when immediacy is so fleeting 
and scarce. This podcast is brought to you by Immediacy. It's scarce, so the price has gone up. Are you looking for more immediacy? Then come to us and we will Get it now. Had it now. Get it later. Get it later before. Get it in the past and the present and the future now. Before. Then. Here. Be here. Now. Then. Be here now. Then. In the future. (laughs) Before. Yeah, now then, my boy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're speaking my language, man. That's exactly what it language is. Language of I, insecurity and uncertainty? Oh, boy. No, it's the, it. language, it's the language of the creator, though. I mean, I think that everybody goes through that when you're creating something. You're creating something mm-hmm. and you want it to be a particular way and you want other people to appreciate it in unique ways that maybe you haven't thought of before. And then they can tell you about it. Yeah, well, I want people. They don't even have to. And that's appreciate it. That's it, all you least. want. You want that, and that's <laughs> it. Uh-huh. We're, we're it out. <laughs> it's not even that I need them to appreciate it. I just I want it to be entertained, ideas to be entertained or to be weighed in different ways. Like for people even to see, like, where is this coming from? Like, oftentimes my my words are like kind of I, I use a kind of riddled language because it shows the play in interpretation that's possible. But oftentimes people lock on a certain thing and it might get misunderstood or not. A lot of times it also doesn't, but sometimes it does. Um, but yeah, I just trying to like uh, not as impulsively let every little thing fly. I'm like, I don't need to always, you know, like the old acronym think it's like, is it, is it Hinkelnuff? Is it uh, like Harfatum, Septonum, Maths? Like, right, you know, is, yeah. is it is it is it useful? Is it uh, is it kind? Is it all this stuff? You know, I don't know what it stands for. Think. I, I know. Do, yeah, before you yeah. do it, that's the thing. But what right. they don't put in there is it funny? That one's important too. Sometimes you just want to share something because it's funny. So we call it for think. We'll put that one in there. Funny is in there now too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I lo- this is why I like doing – I want to do more recurring guest-type shows because I think there's a, a rapport that you can create and there's also things that happen spontaneously. Like this is, gonna, this is a different show than the show that we did before. Yeah. You know, and then no, and the totally, show it's very, very that, different. And then when we do another one, it's going to be very different as well. But it's not like I we're was sleep-deprived that time and I'm, I'm uh, caffeinated this time, so it's- – <laughs> Right, but also yeah. that one was there was more formality. We've had some more experience between us under our belt. We kind of know where we can take things or the different facets we can bring to expression to the foreground. Totally, yeah. It's going to be a mood piece, though. I think. Do that's, you have? Yeah, there you go. That's what do it you is. Know, yeah. In your podcast, do you? Because I, for instance, in my pod, I'm trying to hatch particular ideas that I'm trying to refine conversationally by interacting with guests and things like, do you have a particular thing that you're trying to unearth or a particular intention that you steer through your program? Or is it mostly just, you just want to converse with people, see where it goes. It's a much more like open ended manhole. Yeah. The latter. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a, I'm a manhole Adelic. 
Yeah, an open hand and the manhole being played by the wind <laughs> like a pan flute. <laughs> yeah, I just I just go out in my garden, I bend over, and I spread my manhole and whatever whatever. Welcome to another episode. Asshole, mio. Yeah. No, really. I mean, that's why I I do. You know, a couple things that you said. One of them was I, when I was doing stand up. Uh, someone said to me because I, I remember you know being new to something you're always like trying to figure it out trying to figure it out you know so I'd be like talking shop with other comics that have been doing it for years before me and um you know the, one of them was like yeah you know uh i think he told me that that some another comic said conan o uh, not conan o'brien uh, uh um Colin McFadden. Colin, Colin Quinn. Colin Quinn. He said, Colin, Colin Quinn, Quinn said, yeah, he's like, you, you, you should always feel like a fraud when you leave the stage. Like you, you always have that feeling of feeling mm -hmm. like you just kind of sold out a little bit or you did so, because that means that you're taking a risk. You're taking a chance. You're doing something that's uncomfortable. You're, you're thinking about it. You're, you know, and if you're not thinking about it, then you don't care. If you don't care, then you're stale, then you're stagnant, then you're not innovating, you're not moving forward. You know, so there's always something that you feel that you should feel uncomfortable with doing. Uh, that hit and, me right in the trauma, man. That <laughs> it made me think of uh, when I first, when, when Benny Langford, who I mentioned earlier, the guitarist, when we first got together and started playing music, like that wasn't my outlet. That wasn't like where I was comfortable, but I got up on stage very early on to perform as the vocalist and frontman of this band in, in a ways like I wasn't comfortable with my voice or with that persona, but I did it. And all the way to the end of that career, uh, I felt like an imposter in the world because, you know, I didn't play the instruments. I got out there. I didn't feel like oftentimes afterwards when people would come up to me and they're like, Hey man, your performance, that was amazing. Or uh, one time somebody said, you're, like my stage presence would be likened to like, I'd get like things like Jim Morrison, probably just because I had really long hair like him, like the Sagittarian waviness or like that be like the best one was like David Byrne mixed with James Maynard, James Keenan, who are both huge influences uh, on me. So it was like, they would be like, Oh man, it was amazing. It reminded me of this or this and this. And I always felt like they had witnessed or experienced something that I wasn't there for. Cause while I was in there, I was just like being played or doing the thing and just trying to get through it. And everybody had experienced something that I hadn't. And I felt feel disconnected afterwards and I'd feel vulnerable and um, like an imposter really. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah, yeah. which I guess uh, if I, if Colin Quinn is my uh, measuring stick, then, uh, you know, I did great. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Cause I, I would also feel in in stand up, I would go and I would do the same jokes a lot of the times. So if I was doing club sets, you know, club sets, I want to like, I want to do really well. So I'm going to do my stuff that I, the stuff that I know works. And um, so you, I would just do that. That was like my set, you know? And after a while, you, yeah, like people come up to you and they're like, oh man, that joke was so funny. That was really good. And, and I'm just like, eh, whatever. Like I've, I've said this, I've just said this now, you know, a hundred times and I like, I don't care. And it doesn't mean anything mm -hmm. to me anymore. So, it, but it's like, okay, but the, now it's like, now it's boring. It's kind of boring. So I have to go, I have to force myself to go to a place, a different place do something else access something different and then it's like 
you know, then you're out there going like, yeah, blah, 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 and then I'm like, what the hell was that? You know, <laughs> just to see if it if it jives or yeah. just to see what sticks. But you have yeah. to take that chance, otherwise you never know. So having funny, people I, that support right. you in that endeavor is really uh, helpful. Did you feel that support in the the comedy community? Yeah. Well. Yeah. The comedy community is very. I remember my first open mic I went to. It was like a funeral. Like I was like, this is fucking yeah. insane because comics I literally hate felt other that. comics. I, I went to one open mic in LA where for a second I was like, because because Margaret Cho had told me uh, when I asked her for advice to like where where to go, what to do. She was like, why don't you just take the voice Denison persona, take it, <laughs> yeah, exactly, take it to like um, open mics and just like see how it goes. And I was like, all right. I'll try that out. So I went to this open mic and it was just an awful experience because it felt like a funeral because there was no pulse in the room because everybody was just like waiting for their turn and then leaving. And there was like no support. And it felt like I was a preacher up there trying to defibrillate the pulse in the room, which I thought like, if I do this again, I'm going to use that as a joke to like turn this vibe on itself. But that never happened because it was just, I just never liked the vibe and I felt exactly that like comics hate other comics unless they've already established and then they're kind of like chubby chummy um, sort of sort of vibe, right? Like that well, it's yeah, already that, like in an inner sphere, but when you're at like the lower levels or whatever, unless you can immediately like elicit a laugh, it feels a lot like you're saying like, let's try this thing. What if we do this? Or like this outrageous thing where I'm very aware now of like the first part of what we recorded today when I was wearing my fancy jacket and it was very much the show. Whereas now, as soon as I took it off, we're in the green room and it's like much more about the vulnerability of what we've just exemplified as a kind of, you know, like uh, trying to appeal to or trying to get a certain response but also just having fun of course, but, but but yeah but also we're not having we're fun anymore now right like this now mm. it's like getting into the therapy part of the show yeah. <laughs> when, when we were um, talking before and i'm just saying about how i feel in this space <laughs> now and i don't feel as held in this space with you michelangelo <laughs> I just did the snorting thing and something got up my nose. <laughs> like when you're in the in the pool and you snort some of the water. <sighs> That's where the happy comes in. This episode is brought to yeah. you by the little bit of water that you snort in your nose. Brought to you by underwear, by hoppe, by a little bit of water in your nose. <laughs> brought to you by rain, by brains, by stains. It's brought to you by manhole covers. It's brought to you by the Eleatoric organization. It's brought to you by the show has been brought to you by this show. <laughs> yeah. Let's do a song where it's just all sponsors. Um, this show brought to brought you, to you by, by Squarespace, Old Spice, and da, da, things. Circular space is not welcome on this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, when big, when I was big, when big. I was when I when I was doing uh, comedy, there was so there's a there was a place where you could go where all the new comedians who were doing open mics could have fun together and and just do their jokes and and make each other laugh but the danger of that is that you wind up like staying in this little bubble so you get like you get the fun you get the love you get the laughs you get the support but you never break out of that room you never break out of that scene you never go to those uncomfortable places you're always playing to the same audience and the same crowd um so it was that, always that awkward because sure. and i think a lot of like like I would, I was doing check spots pretty early on, which is like they hand out the. Oh, like Russian the theater. 
Yeah, I was doing check. I'm doing check spots? Oh, no, it's check off. Never mind. Yeah, check off. I was doing. Uh, <laughs> I was yeah, doing check where, off at comedy clubs. Them, and it just they, people I, didn't understand it. I was <laughs> so checking weird. people out in the back. <laughs> they were like, where's your ticket? I was like, I'm just checking out. So I was doing I was doing the spots where they drop the bill, like they where they, you know, give the bill to people to pay. And then I would come up because I was like six, maybe four months into comedy or five months into comedy. So it's kind of like a big deal because a lot of people don't go to those don't go to those club spots like right away. And then I would go to the open mics where everybody was just doing the jokes for the open mic crowd for the people there. And I was trying to work on my material to bring to the club. And people it was like people were looking at me like, what's wrong with you? Why are you like, why aren't you performing for us? You know, and I'm like, mm. all right, well, uh, thanks. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I felt that's kind of why I left San Francisco too. Is I felt so socially supported that it it didn't mean anything anymore. It's like you know, it's the same. You play for the same people. You you know, everybody already accepts you and likes you. And I wanted to like challenge that. I want to see what happens when you take take me out of that situation and what's left of it. And uh, L.A. sure showed me there's nothing left of it. It just strips you down to the bare bones, man, until you're just a skeleton of yourself, just a shadow warrior's open your end up in South Florida, taking care of your dad who has Alzheimer's, who has also forgotten who you are, and you truly become nobody. Nobody. That was an excellent Jeez. gulp. That was oh, a great man. gulp. Yeah, that was a, a good gulp. ASMR gulp. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's <laughs> ASMR that's... gulp. Another great title. <laughs> that was a fake gulp, but that one earlier that was like a verklempt. Is that what they call it? When you verklempt, and yeah, then you get like a verklempt, verklempt gulp. It's like an uga filter fish. So you don't have, you don't have to have like a community down there then. Oh no, I haven't had like in LA. I didn't have a community either. A community is something that's really uh, virtually scattered. Like I feel there are it's mostly mediated through the web and stuff like that. Um, I'm very much a little dandelion puff adrift in the world, looking for a place where I feel I belong. Where everybody knows your name. Hey, it's yeah. Google-able, Michael well, Angel. <laughs> my real name. Oh my, people know oh my, my real name. Is that the Google-able Michelangelo? <laughs> <laughs> I loved you on patreon.com slash void denizen. <laughs> well, I think the, the kind of things that we're doing it, like here with the kind of podcast that we had um, and, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta be live for, for that really. I think, I mean, I think that it, it works. We're making it work, but there's little pauses. There's little, well, oh, sorry. What'd you say? Oh, okay, you know, but it, when you're live, you know, when I'm in the physical 3D meat space, it's it's a easier vibratory frequency. Um, you have something to feed off. There's an audience to feed off of, and things like that. I hold on a second. What I I challenge you to do is to take this episode, and whenever there's a funny moment. To put fake laugh tracks into it, in awkward moments, put crickets the whole way through. See how that plays right. out. Okay. It could be amazing. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, I'm gonna do that right now. It's actually really exciting. Yeah, I've been playing. I've been playing around with little audio type 
things in the tracks like in the one i just released on my patreon it's got a little little audio nice spark is that throughout i saw that's available at the lowest tiers even people can access that the newest uh, for a limited time only for a limited time only yes all right yeah well, if anybody listens to this for a limited time only, for only $1, you can buy into the Mikeadelic Patreon and listen to his latest Dosadelic. There you go. And while you're at it, why don't you go to the mikebrank.com shop slash art and pick yourself up some underwear for your manhole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe we should wrap it there. But yeah, actually, you, people should go to your page. I'm, <laughs> I'm a patron of yours now. Yes, you are. Well, now that I know that I can access... Uh, uh, at the one dollar rate, uh, the dose of delics, I might become. Yeah, but I didn't become yeah, a Patreon yeah. of yours, so you can become a Patreon of mine, and then we could. I know we're just passing the buck. Ba- we're just patronizing <laughs> Patreon, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Passing a buck between us and just the rest. No, of the I, I became a I became a, a Patreon of yours uh, because I just said, well, I'm I'm poor. I'm a poor, not starving artist, but I like what this kid's doing here, and uh, no, you know, I appreciate it. Show, I, show I, I try to be very I generous with my patrons. I try to give. Uh, also, you know, boost the number. Than, yeah, exactly. No, that's that's the thing too. Is like uh, the more that's there, the more that's gonna be there. Uh, but yeah, if people want to find me, theungoogleable.com will get you there, or patreon.com slash voiddenizen, or follow me on the Instagram at void underscore denizen. Go on to Twitter at voiddenizen, or on TikTok at the ungoogleable. It's one or the other. and Maybe an underscore thrown in somewhere. You figure it out. That'd be great for next time to pre-record that. And as we're leaving, we'll just have a freeze frame, and, and we'll like motion it in, like uh, the old yeah. Japanese films dubbed. The, 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 the Stuart Davis patreon pitch is still the best damn pitch i've ever heard remember that oh, was one? that in the beginning or sexy stuart davis voluptuous stuart davis dot com sensual stuart davis dot patreon dot um you know they just it, he's just throwing so much meditative splendor into it and just it's just really brilliant is that the beginning or the end of the i of think the i threw it at the end of my episode because i wanted people to hear that because i thought it was so brilliant uh, but it's he puts different ones at the end of his uh, video transmissions. I don't think oh, he's he been does. doing oh, that yeah. on his Aliens and Artists podcast, but um, that's also a good one to check out for people. Oh, I, yeah. I support that guy in his cool. endeavors. Check him out. Cool, dude. Awesome. When, uh, when do you think this one will be hitting the shelves? Uh, probably if, if I'm going to do editing to it, that's probably going to be like two weeks. Okay, cool. Yeah. So in the in the new in the the post Trump era it'll mm-hmm. hit. Yeah, post Trump, yeah. Yeah, the first Biden episode, oh, it's going to be great. We'll call it uh Stain Drain Swamp. No. no that's not just yeah, Stain Drain the Drain the Stain Swamp. There's, now I have to go back and listen to all the title suggestions. There's, yeah. There's there's going to be something in there that's going to be worth there's going to be lots of good little clips you can also like throw out. I'm sure there's going to be some real gems in there. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, it's always a pleasure spending time with you. Likewise, man. Yeah, we'll, Thanks uh, for checking in. we'll, t- we'll talk again soon. Peace. End transmission. That's the one.
Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you did, please like, subscribe, share, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Helps the show tremendously. Go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. Get access to the very special ground floor early production experimental phase dosadelic comedy podcast that I'm developing on there. Also get bonus episodes, early release episodes like this one. I released it about two, three weeks ago. So... Check that out, patreon.com slash Mike Brank. Go to Sheath Underwear, get a pair of underwear, try it. It's the best. They're the greatest. Uh, really super comfortable, amazing pouch compartments and uh, moisture wicking fabric. Great for working out, hiking, just being casual. Sheathunderwear.com. Put in the promo code Mikeadelic, get 20% off. And then check out Mushroom Revival. Check out all the links in the show notes and show description. Shout out to Danny and Galaxia for the music. Much love to you all. Peace.